0: Welcome to the Well SGV podcast. We exist to multiply followers of Jesus rooted in the gospel who worship, walk, and witness to God's glory. Here's our message for the week. What a joy. What a joy it is to uh, gather together uh, this first Sunday of 2024 and worship together uh, to hear God's word. And uh, I'm excited. You know, uh, 2023 was a pretty momentous year right as we just started off as a church plant the Well SGV here and uh, we just saw God uh, working in such a miraculous way to bring us together and to start this new work uh, by his grace and uh, so there's just so much to thank God for Um, and as I was praying about 2024 uh, and just looking ahead to this year and what it is that God wants to do uh, I mean, there's just so many different things that oftentimes comes into my heart, my mind. Um, I trust that the Lord is going to lead us, and he's, by His Spirit, He's going to show us uh, His step, His way for us. Uh, but I think when I was thinking about just us as a church, and uh, I just wanted us, I think, to really get grounded in knowing who God is, you know, who is the Lord, and what it means to walk with the Lord. And so praying about even Sundays and teaching, uh, I really felt like that we should go through this book, uh, 1 John. Uh, 1 John is a book that is written by a pastor, uh, the Apostle John, who was one of the close disciples of Jesus. And he just had a heart to see his people, uh, God's people, get really just established who is God you know what does it mean to know Jesus and what does it mean to walk in fellowship in relationship with God himself and so I'm really excited about going through this book first John with us uh, for the next several months and this is going to take us through May Uh, but this is my I think my heartbeat for us uh for this spring and uh As we go into this book, I'm just going to go ahead and just invite you to just join me in the word of prayer. And let's ask the Lord to really open our hearts. Uh, Let's ask the Lord to speak to us and uh, to really make his presence known. So please join me in prayer. Father, we are so thankful uh, as we gather together as your people uh, this first Sunday. And as we have sung, Lord, What you have done for us in redeeming us, in loving us, and saving us through the cross. Lord, uh, what can we say to you but we sing hallelujah, praise the Lord. God, uh, I pray that as we look into this book, 1 John, as we start off this first Sunday, Lord, we ask that you would just make yourself known. You have come And the word of life has appeared to us. And Lord, we desire to walk uh, in such a way that we are knowing who Jesus is. So Lord, would you establish us? Would you speak to us? Would you allow us to be a church that would walk with you, Lord? Uh, That would know this gospel of grace and then walk in a way that knows who you are. And we ask this in Christ's name, amen. Well, as I said, uh, this letter, 1 John, was written by John to uh, his people to really live out their faith with God, and uh, if you look at this letter, 1 John, you can kind of divide it into two parts. So the first half of 1 John is God is light. So what does it mean to walk knowing that God is light, and the second half of the letter is God is love. And so what does it mean to love God, to love one another in light of who God is? And I think what I appreciate about this letter, 1 John, is that it is very simple. There's a lot of imagery that we'll see in this letter with light and darkness and fellowship and love and these things. But at the same time, when you look at this letter, uh, the truths are are extremely significant and profound. I know that we have all kinds of people in this room gathered. Uh, Some of you are, you've been walking with the Lord for decades and you've known the Lord and yet there are others of you who are maybe just starting off in your journey with the Lord. And so others, I think there are people here who uh, you are exploring. You're asking questions about who Jesus is And you're exploring more about Christianity, and you want to find out more. And so I I feel like this letter is going to really address all those questions, each of you in this room, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, to whether you're just coming in, just trying to ask some questions, figure things out, uh, I really believe that this is going to address a lot of those questions for you. There is one thing that I think, though, that we all have in common, and that is that I think all of us are looking for an experience of who God is, right? We don't want to just know him on an intellectual level. There's something within us that deeply longs to really experience who God is. And we live in a culture around us that longs for this as much as we do in this room, Whether you're Christian, whether you're atheist, or whether you uh, are agnostic, or New Age, or whatever it is, but there's something within us that longs to know who God is. There's a researcher named George Barna, and he specializes in studying religious beliefs and behaviors of Americans. And What he discovered was over 90% of the population believes in a God or gods. And despite... What you may hear that you know, religion is divisive, um, some people saying you know, we need to do away with religion. Actually, the trends are showing the very opposite. More and more people are into what is spiritual. One third of the people in our population believe in psychics. 29% believe spiritual, This spiritual energy can be located in physical objects. One in five believe in reincarnation in astrology. And so if you look at just the general population, uh, we live in a very spiritual environment. And more so than ever, we live in a culture where there is what we call a religious syncretism. And that is where uh, you mix and match maybe different beliefs about who God is and you, you choose maybe certain things from Buddhism. I like that, what Buddhism has to offer. I like maybe something about Jesus. He seems very inspiring to me. Um, you know, I like you know what New Age has to offer or different things. And what people do is they look at each of these options and like a buffet, they kind of pick and choose what they would like to put on their plate and design something that kind of fits who they are. And that's the kind of culture that we live in. But John's letter is written to those who are inside the church to address these questions. Well, who is God? How do you know that you're worshiping the true God? How do you, what does it mean to be in relationship with God himself? What does it mean to know him personally? And John is very, very concerned about not just what you believe about God, but John is very concerned that you are actually experiencing God himself. And this is what I love about this letter. This first part of 1 John 1, 1 through 4 is basically the introduction to the whole letter. And at verse four, this is what John writes. Why is he writing this letter? What's his, what's his main desire for you and I? He's saying in verse four, And we are writing these these things so that our joy may be complete. Our joy may be complete. What is this? This is a language of experience, of deep emotion. And John is, he's filled with joy as is. He knows the Lord. But what he's saying here is, his joy, though, is tied in with the joy of his hearers, of those who hear this message and get it. And what he's basically saying is this. He's saying, the way to, for me to be happier is that you be happy in knowing who God is. I want you to really, really get it. I want you to really know what it means to, to be in vital connection with the Lord. A lot of times, and yeah this is a whole separate sermon by itself, okay so i won 't go there, but I will say this: I think that a lot of times in our culture of Christianity, uh, we have a lot this notion that it 's me and Jesus, me and Jesus me and jesus it 's all about me and jesus right and so it 's about like maybe coming to church and I want to hear something that's going to really inspire me, give me the spiritual inspiration boost that I need, and uh, maybe something new, insightful. Um, you know, I wouldn't be, uh, and I want to just, you know, I want to just be uh, have this, you know, spiritual kind of uh, have my spiritual tank filled because it's about me and Jesus. But as John saw it, what he saw was um, there's there's a joy that happens when we come together as God's people and we're actually focused on Jesus, but we're focused on one another, on serving one another, in uh, helping each other's joy increase in Jesus. And your joy will not be complete, it won't be full until you have a mindset that says, I have this vertical relationship with Jesus, but my aim is to increase the joy of all of you. And then, as you are happy in the Lord, this really increases my own happiness as well, right? So think about it like any great movie that you've seen, right? Uh, Any great book, novel that you've read, or this great restaurant that you've been to, right? Like, you enjoy it. That's great. But what happens is you start telling others, oh, you got to try this place. You got to see this movie. You got to read this book, And as you spread that, as you share that, what happens? Your joy increases in sharing that joy with those around you. And this is what John is saying. This is the experience. And so we'll see this in this uh, first part of the letter as well. But there's a joy that comes from being vitally connected to the church and the family of God. I have a simple idea that I just want to convey through this. And that is that joy comes from fellowship with God and with one another. Joy comes from fellowship with God and with one another. And this is what John wants to communicate with us. First of all, true joy is, comes and stems from our fellowship with God, with God. Look at verse one. John says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. Now, there's a lot kind of packed into this first verse, so, so I want to like really unpack this. The first thing that John wants us to know about Jesus is he is described as the word of life, the word of life. What does this mean? Right? I mean? This is actually, it's a simple phrase, but there's a lot behind it. Jesus is described as the word. In Greek, this word is logos. And the Greeks, when they thought of logos, they thought of something that explains the universe. You know, how this universe came about, the order of it, you know, how life is supposed to work, its design. But they thought of it as something that was very abstract, as a philosophy, as maybe a system of thought. That's how the Greeks thought of this, as logos. And uh, it's a lot like maybe even like New Age thought today, right? We need something, some kind of meta uh, belief system, some kind of um, narrative that makes sense of life. Maybe I'm one with the universe, the universe is one with me, something along those lines. But something that's going to give us some sense of purpose or grand uh, understanding of the universe. What John is saying is the word of life, this Logos, is not a system, it is a person, and his name is Jesus. And he's playing off of uh, Genesis chapter 1, as well as a gospel that he wrote earlier in John chapter 1. The very beginning of the Bible starts off this way Genesis 1:1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Note the, the same language, right? In the beginning. And then, in the rest of Genesis 1, uh, throughout the, the creation narrative, God speaks, and then as God speaks, there's new life that comes about, this new creation that appears. So, God says, let there be light, and then there's light. Let there be an expanse that separates the waters from the waters. And so there's, there's this land, this, there's this expanse that comes about, but every time when God speaks, there is creation, there's new life. And it's important to note that in Genesis chapter one, that God chooses to use words to bring about life. Now think about it, God is God. He's all-powerful. If he wanted to bring about life, he could have done it in any number of ways, right? He could have just blinked. It's there, right? He could have sort of just maybe motioned with his hand, and then all of a sudden, the stars, you know, the, the creation, the seas, the animals, human beings came into existence. He could have just done any number of things. But God chooses to use words. He speaks, and as he speaks, life then forms. And because we're created in the image of God, this is how we come to know intimately who God is and one another. You discover a lot about a person through their actions. Maybe the way they carry themselves, their behaviors, all of those things. But you can't really get to know someone intimately and well unless you speak with them. And speaking with this person, with words, you get to see what, what are they really thinking inside? What's deep in their heart? What's deep in their mind? Right? It's through words, through conversations. This is how you really intimately get to know someone. And this is how God has, has, uh, has ordered it. So he speaks, and we're going to know the heart and mind of God. Now, Genesis 3, the rest of the story, just kind of very briefly, uh, is the fall. And we know that in the fall, Adam and Eve, they rebel against God. They disobey God's word. They reject his word. And because of that... Uh, because of the rebellion and sin against God, there's now death, there's suffering, there's pain, there's evil that's introduced into the world. And at that point, all of creation then begins to suffer. It right? goes down into this downward spiral of death and destruction. This is what we see in the Bible. All the suffering, the sorrow, the pain you see in the world. Right? Adam and Eve, it starts there in the, in the garden. And it's a rejection of God's word. Well, the world needs new life. You and I need new life. And God sends prophets. He sends the law. He does all kinds of things to speak to his people. But the most important thing that God promises is the sending of a Savior King, what we call the Messiah, the Christ. And it's through the Savior King that God is going to bring ultimate life to unite to this world. And so this is how John, the Apostle John, then refers to the Savior King in John 1.1. 1, 1. In John 1, 1 through 2 this is what John says. He says, again, going back to Genesis, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And what John is doing in John 1.1 1, 1 is he's recognizing that Jesus is the very Word, He is the very word who has existed for all of eternity. And this very word who was with God was there in the creation of the world, the universe. And this very word is the very perfect embodiment of who God is. His wisdom, his righteousness, his beauty, his glory. It's all in the person of Jesus. And this word has now come to us. has become human, and now we can know him personally. Now, let's circle back to this letter. First John, 1 John 1.1. John says this. That which was from the beginning, again, Genesis, when Jesus comes, his first advent, and then John says, that which, from, which was from the beginning, now he's writing from the perspective, Jesus ca- has come, and I actually experienced him personally. I actually had real conversations, and you know, I, I was with Jesus 24-7, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And John is, is, wants us to know that Jesus is the word. He is, he is God's heart, he is God's mind, and he gives life to you and I, and we can experience him personally. This is what he's telling us. He's a real person. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's not just a system of thought. He is a person. We as Christians, what he's saying to us is we can enjoy a real fellowship and relationship with Jesus right now. What John experienced when Jesus was here 2,000 years ago, and he interacted with Jesus physically, John is trying to, he wants to communicate something really important to you and I that we can experience Jesus personally right now. And that is what makes Christianity completely different from anything else. That we have a relationship with the living God. Fellowship with God. And even though we can't see him with our physical eyes or hear him with our physical ears, uh, God gives us sight, spiritual sight, to behold, to see who Jesus is, gives us by his spirit, spiritual ears to hear who God is through his word. As we receive the word, as this message goes out, John says that you can now have this fellowship with God. You're con- you, you get connected with Jesus himself, and there's this real joy that comes from that. Are you experiencing fellowship with God? This is the best news. It's a joy. It's a joy because this is a joy that cannot be taken away from you, no matter what you go through in life, no matter what your circumstances. Whenever you're feeling lonely, Jesus promises that he's there with you. He promises that he will never leave you. He's not left as his orphans. Whenever you go through suffering, or when you go through trials, or when you go through pain, God promises that he's working all things for your good. He's actually in control of everything that's happening in your life, that he's with you in all of that. Whatever you face, there's a joy and a confidence in knowing that God is right there with you. He he has not left us behind. He has given us his spirit, and This is the joy that John is talking about. But there's also a joy that comes from fellowship with other believers. Look at verse 2. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and her, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, one word that you see um, repeated here is this word fellowship. And this word fellowship is this word koinonia. And koinonia simply means to, sh- to share, to participate in. And John is saying that when you hear this message, you are now sharing in this relationship with Jesus, and now we're gonna share in this relationship together with Jesus as well. But he's saying that our fellowship with one another is based really on a common fellowship with God himself. This is what gives us our true uh, connection and bond to one another. We all have friendships, connections, relationships, right? Think about the friendships that you have right now in your life. You are friends with this person because you share or you start, struck up a friendship with this person maybe because you had something in common that you enjoy together, right? Um, or maybe there's a business connection, a network that you're involved with. Uh, maybe it's sports community or uh, music community or something that kind of binds you guys together. But when we come together as God's people as a church, we come together with the strongest possible sharing Together in common. Everyone here, this room, we're all extremely different, right? We have different musical tastes, food tastes, different ethnicities, races, um, older, younger, you know, divorced, single, married, all those different backgrounds. What is it that would possibly unite us together? The only thing that could possibly bring us together is the gospel. It's Jesus himself. And yet this is the strongest bond that we all have in common because this is a bond that is going to last for all of eternity. This is what unites us. And what's amazing to me is, every time when we gather together, whether it's on a Sunday morning like this, or as we talked about in our gospel communities, as we begin to to start these gospel communities, A whole wide mixture of people coming together. And what's amazing about it is it actually works. There's real joy. There's real love. There's real sharing of our lives together that's much deeper than any of these other communities. And this is what John is getting at. But there's this joy that comes from our fellowship with God and with one another. And then finally... There's a joy that comes from walking in day by day, moment by moment, fellowship with God Himself. There's joy from walking in day by day, moment by moment, fellowship with God. Joy in this fellowship that we have with God through His Son Jesus and with one another is real, but it can be lost. It can be lost. The experience of it can be lost. The experience of the vitality of this can be lost. Right? And we're gonna get into this in this letter. You know, how do we maintain this fellowship with God? You know, it's gonna be involve walking in the light as God Himself is light. It's gonna involve repenting from sin, confession of sin in our lives. Uh, the things that get in the way of our relationship with God. There's a a lot of things that John requires. But I I want to just address one today, one aspect, and that is a lot of times the reason why we don't experience the vital connection, this fellowship with God that John and Jesus and God, like that that the Bible intends for you and I to experience, it's just simply that we're just distracted. We're busy and we're distracted. And so we lose that sense. The past few days, uh, Mimi and I, we got to get away for a few days. And it was great. It's just Mimi and I. And you know what I discovered? Even after... 29 years of marriage, the more time that I spend with Mimi, the more I actually enjoy her. That's a good thing, right? I love Mimi. And I enjoy spending time with her. I hope she can say the same thing. <laughs> yes? <laughs> but I, I loved it. I enjoyed this time together with her. And it's really simple. I mean, there's nothing profound here. The more time I spend with her, the more I actually enjoy her. The less time that we spend with each other, though we love each other and we're committed to each other, the vitality or the experience of our love diminishes. It's really simple, right? And God is structured our fellowship with him, you and I, to be the same way. As we are with Jesus, as we're spending time with Jesus, we actually grow in our enjoyment of who Jesus is. Uh, Eugene Peterson has a quote that, uh, he's an American Presbyterian minister, he's deceased now, but his writings have uh, ministered to me in tremendous ways in the past he writes something that to me is uh, really kind of hits at the heart of I think a lot of our struggle sometimes of experiencing this vitality with, with the Lord. But he says, we've already created a form for our lives and have conformed our living to work deadlines, the pace of parenting, school schedules, media rhythms, and soccer practices. These can be good. These are all good. I mean, they're all great. There's nothing wrong with those. Yet, the pattern of this world can sabotage a life of prayer. And to live without prayer is to be deformed, no longer conformed to the image of Christ. And he goes on to say, by setting a fixed time to pray, we interrupt our regular rhythms reminding ourselves that our lives are oriented around the son himself, Jesus Christ. That life is measured by grace and shaped by the life of Jesus. I love how he puts that, right? There's so many good things in our lives. They're not evil, right? Most of the time, our choices are not well, I'm choosing between something evil and something you know, that's righteous, no. Most of our lives is choosing between, well, this is good, this is good, this is good, but what can I choose that would orient my life to what is truly important around Jesus? That's most of our lives. And so he's saying, we've got to interrupt our regular rhythms by setting aside rhythms that are centered around Christ. Henry Noun, making all things new, in his book he says, uh, and Henry Noun, he was a professor at Harvard University, he left his post at Harvard uh, to work with, uh, with people with disabilities, but he says, we often use the outer distractions to shield ourselves from interior noises. It's through formative practices where we spend time with him that we grow in our love and fellowship with him, joy and delight and pleasure. Joy, delight, and pleasure, right? And again, he, he has great insight Why is it that sometimes we busy ourselves with so many things? Maybe it's because in our hearts, there's a lot of inner noise. And because there's a lot of chaos and inner noise, what we do is we use different things in our lives to try to quiet down that noise rather than actually going directly to Jesus himself and finding that he's the one who gives us what our Hearts are deeply longing for. So we need fixed practices. We this is how we do this. You could call it spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits. But we need these fixed practices in order to fight off the outer distractions and help us to recenter, reorient our lives around the risen Savior, Jesus Himself. Those of you who are part of uh, my the well updates. Uh, You know, this past week, I sent you a update about one of the keystone habits or practices that we as Jesus followers uh, must engage in on a daily basis, and that is a daily intake of scripture. As we start off 2024, are there, do you have a plan in place where you are engaging scripture on a daily level, learning to let it speak to you, let God speak to you? to shape you, to form you, to convict you, to encourage you, to remind you of your identity, who you are in Christ, to remind you of who God is. Do you have this kind of regular practice? We also need fixed times of prayer throughout the day. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but it's good to have a fixed time in the morning, a fixed time around noon, and a fixed time in the evening. Now, we're to pray without ceasing, the Bible says, right? How do we practically do this? Uh, there are times when we just, you know, throughout the day, we're just praying out all kinds of prayers from our hearts to the Lord. You know, Lord, help me with this. Lord, uh, help me be uh, gracious to this person, or help me with wisdom about this. I mean, thank you for this. Thank you for your goodness uh, through this conversation. So there's a lot of prayers we're praying naturally throughout the day, but, but to experience a vital connection, I believe that we need these fixed practices of prayer as well it also means as we are here on Sunday morning worship every time we hear the word of God preached we are lifting our hearts to the Lord in praise but we're also receiving sacraments, ordinances these are vital ways of God communicating his love his grace to you and every time we partake of these things there's something that's that's happening in our souls and our hearts and community gospel community as well uh, I, I'd like to really just encourage you that if you're not involved in the gospel community, please sign up for one. Through that, God is, God is going to use this to really bring joy to your life and for you, to use you to bring joy to other people's lives as well. But I think John wants us to know this. There's great joy in knowing God, but there's also great joy that God has in knowing you. God has great joy and pleasure over you, over us as his people. He delights in his people. His love is so great, so intense, that he sent his son Jesus to say, I'm gonna send my son Jesus, and he's gonna become the word of life. And he's gonna suffer, he's gonna die, he's gonna be crucified, but but it's all completely worth it because he has great love and pleasure for you. And God wants to draw you in to himself in this fellowship, this relationship. And as you you know that, as you believe this, there's great joy. You, the Lord, with one another. I want you to take this time to uh, just come before the Lord as we start this new Sunday or this new year of uh, 2024. Uh, Would you receive God's grace? Would you say, Lord, this year, my desire is to really know you. I want to know Jesus. I want to experience the joy of knowing Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus throughout this whole year. Would you take this time to receive these elements, uh, the cup, the wafer that represents the body, the blood of Jesus, Uh, as a reminder That the word of life has come he has appeared the grace of god has appeared to you and i receive it freely as god loves you come and as we come come with a humble a repentant heart but trusting that god's love and god's grace awaits you as you do so because of the cross of jesus and there are people in the back who are willing to pray with you if you'd like to just start off this new year i just need prayer for different things please take advantage of the grace that God wants to give you through the prayer of other people. Like God can give you great joy even through that. So take advantage of all these ways that God wants to give joy into your life. Come up as we sing, and as you're ready to partake of the elements of the Lord's Supper. Just come as the Lord leads you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you and help you take one step closer to Jesus. To contact us or for more information, please go to www.thewellsgv.org.